Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome back to the February 2nd edition of Nothing But Airtime. Just your typical Tuesday run-of-the-mill heavy basketball show for you today. I'm going to guide you through it. I'm the host, Cole Reigns, at CReigns38 on Twitter. We've got, as I said, run-of-the-mill NBA. We're going to start off with some big news dumps, some million-dollar moves that tie in with the trade deadline that is looming, some of the big names that are on the market, who's going to get moved first. Then we'll get into our Tinder takes, starting with the players, and then I'm going to have the swipe left segment of the teams I do not like thus far this season, as well as the team that I'm loving right now. So one swipe up there, the rest are swipe lefts for Tinder takes teams. Got some studs and duds of the week for you, the Reddit question of the week, and some closing thoughts to beat the buzzer and end the show. As I said, run-of-the-mill Tuesday for this marvelous February day. Before we can get it into anything, though, a quick word for our friends at Anchor. We spoke with Peyton Westner on Thursday. He spoke to us about the Royal Rumble, and I would be remiss to not give you guys who won the Royal Rumble. If you missed it, Edge won the Royal Rumble, age 47. Pretty impressive. It was fun to watch. Thank you for Peyton once again coming on. Fun watch. It was a good match tonight he had with Randy Orton as well, if you missed it. But congrats to Edge, who won this year's Royal Rumbles men's, and Bianca Belair won the women's Royal Rumble. Peyton had the coverage all night. If you missed it, at PC Westman on Twitter, he's one of the best out there. To basketball now. The Brooklyn Nets keep giving up points. The Washington Wizards took it to them on Sunday night. We had an absolute... I don't even know what to call it, punch for punch, 140-point games for both sides, and the Nets ended up losing. Uh, they were up five with a couple ticks remaining, and, and Beal and Westbrook put the put the finishing touches on what was an absolutely insane game. The Nets, I'm worried. I, I'm, I'm severely worried. We'll get into them with Tinder teams. We'll get into both sides of that trade with the Rockets and the Nets with Tinder teams, where, as I said, it's the left swipe segment today. There's one team that gets to swipe up, though. I'm sure you, if you've been following basketball, you know the Rockets have been on a tear. They're going to get my swipe up for the Tinder teams segment. The rest, we've got a lot of contending teams that get a get a left swipe. So, but yeah, moral of the story: the Nets defensively are atrocious. They gave up 140 points plus to the Wizards in a losing effort. Not the first time. We'll get into more of that with Tinder teams. Injury wise, Marcus Smart is now going to be sidelined with a calf injury. From the looks of it, it could have been much worse. Can the Celtics just have the whole roster play together for more than three games? I want to see it. I mean, obviously, injuries are occurred. They're unfortunate. But you talk about Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Daniel Tice can close that lineup out. Tristan Thompson can close that lineup out. Robert Williams can close that lineup out. Grant Williams, they have all these options that they can close the lineup out with. Peyton Pritchard also got hurt. I just want to see it with Boston for more than three games, please. Marcus Smart, he's a pivotal piece of that team. He can defend all five positions. I wouldn't say defend all five of them to an extraordinary effort as he does the guard positions and some of those smaller forwards, but he can if needed. He's versatile. He can get hot from three. I wouldn't say he's the most accurate three-point shooter in the world. That injury is going to hurt him. Just a calf strain, though, so we'll see how long he is out. Another injury, Aaron Gordon. I mean, we'll get into Tinder players. I had, I had it in my notes, and I'm not going to keep him out of the Tinder players segment. 
But Aaron Gordon is now out with four to six weeks with an ankle sprain. Orlando's just had absolutely horrible luck with injury. Jonathan Isaac, obviously out this whole entire year. Mark Al Fultz out. Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier both battled injuries a little bit. Now you have Aaron Gordon hitting the injury reserve for four to six weeks. Not what you want to see if you're a Magic fan. Not what you want to see if you're a team that's a piece away because his name was floating around in trade rumors. Don't know if they would have traded him, but now he's out for four to six weeks. We'll see what that does for his value. Another injury news, James Wiseman, second pick at the draft. Golden State drafted him. Seven to 10 days sprained wrist. Draymond has kind of taken him under the wing. We've seen that a lot in those Warriors games out west and late games. We'll see who gets the center minutes now. Is it going to be Eric Paschal? We've seen them go small. We've seen them use Kevon Looney a little bit more as Wiseman has been coming off the benches. He kind of has rookie moments, we'll call him. So Wiseman out for seven to 10 days. Warriors can use that talent off of the bench. We'll see if they are able to cobble together some wins and what has been a little shaky start to the 2021, uh, the year of 2021. Game news tonight, the Nuggets and the Pistons were postponed. This was because there was contact tracing on the Pistons side, so be sure to monitor that situation. NBA has done a great job of keeping that under wraps. We've not seen an outbreak in the locker rooms, much like we saw in the MLB with teams like the Marlins, Cardinals. So it's good to see that the NBA is boiling down even to contact tracing. So get those test results back. Hopefully everybody's healthy and we won't have any issues. We can move forward with the season. The weird news of the night is what I have. A couple of Hawks fans decided to step up to the King, LeBron James, in their game, and they were promptly ejected. You saw LeBron get in the face of what was a middle-aged woman, I'd say, and her husband. They they got in a yelling spout. I, re, I retweeted on our Twitter, at nothing but airtime. If you missed it, go check it out. Kind of a mess. I'd say I don't know why anyone is stepping up to the King anymore. If we saw that clip from the Cleveland game when he missed the three at the end of the third quarter and the Cleveland official was clapping his hands on the bench, LeBron is like MJ in the fact that he will take it personal and he will bury it down your throat. Now, I mean, the Lakers ended up winning today, and I don't know what his final stat line was, but just stop stepping up to the King. He's going to make you pay. We saw it with Cleveland. We see it with Atlanta as they lost to the Lakers. I don't know what was said. I don't know what LeBron took out of context. I don't know. We we don't know yet. Maybe LeBron will come out with a press statement after I'm done recording and we can get what he his thoughts on the situation. I doubt it. I'm shocked that fans are even back in the stadiums. And, and the fact that they're – I mean, hey, you're back in the stadium. You want to get some words off, but come on now. Don't step up to the king. Focus on like a uh, Taylor Horton Tucker who's just getting his licks in if you're going to start chirping somebody. Keep it PG. Try to do your best. That's where I'm thinking it probably wasn't PG if LeBron James is stepping to you. So if you're going to step up to the king, you best not miss. And you missed and got ejected in the Lakers one. So don't do it anymore, fans. Don't do it anymore. Officials, we see what happens. That man is on an absolute hunt for an MVP award, it feels like, this year an absolute hunt for another ring this year and trying to get into his head is not going to be successful. So yeah, best up, up to the King. You better not miss that ends up the news of the night. I have a very interesting, we're going to 
we're going to start off with some million dollar moves because I found an interesting graphic on the Twitterverse. So we'll get into that here shortly. Now, this was tweeted by Fliff Social Sportsbook on Twitter. It is one of the more interesting graphics I have seen this year. It is talking about different players and their odds to be traded before the deadline. Looking at it, Lonzo Ball is at plus 150. Bradley Beal is at plus 200. J.J. Reddick's at plus 200. Zach Levine at plus 225. Derek Rose at plus 250. Marvin Bagley at plus 250. Kyle Lowry is here at plus 350. And Ben Simmons rounds out the list at plus 250. Now, as I said in the past, I'm not a gambler, but I do like looking at the numbers. It kind of gives a, a back, back curtain, behind the curtain look of what executives are thinking, of what Vegas is thinking. It can give you uh, a sneak peek at possibly possible trades that are going to occur. Now, this was tweeted on January 29th, and it obviously there are other names that are going to come out of this trade deadline. Andre Drummond seems it's inevitable. It's going to be out. Of, he's going to be out of Cleveland. JJ Redick will probably be the favorite in the coming days because his name has been floating around more than anyone's I've seen. Derrick Rose will also obviously be higher than plus two fifty as well. I think JJ at plus 200 is the best bet. He has plenty of potential suitors. He's on a one-year deal. It's not a very expensive deal. It's not a hard deal to trade for. The Pelicans have no need for him. So you look at a team, I talk about Philly, I talk about Boston, Milwaukee, the Suns, the Mavericks. There are six, seven, eight suitors that can use a veteran shooting guard with his capabilities behind the arc. He is the best bet to be moved before the deadline. I think following him, Derrick Rose is number two. He's wind, he's whittling away on a Pistons team that is arguably the worst team in the NBA, though the worst team in the Eastern Conference. He is a playmaker. He has shown capabilities that he can still get to the rack. He can, he's a better shooter than he was in the past. He can score. And you look at a team like Milwaukee that could use a scoring guard. Obviously, they put up 134 points tonight. We'll get to Milwaukee and Tinder takes teams. But Milwaukee could use a backup guard, a six-man guard that can come off the bench and just light it up. The Clippers can use a guard that can score. Obviously, when you have Tom Thibodeau somewhere, you're going to get him tied in with Derrick Rose. The Knicks are interested in Derrick Rose and that Thibodeau-Rose reunion. I don't think Rose knees like that very much, but hey, Rose on the Knicks, they're they're an up-and-coming team. I think that helps him out. I think that helps out the development of Emmanuel quickly. There's plenty of suitors for Derrick Rose as well. I think that is one and two favorites to be moved before the trade deadline. The names that shock me here, obviously Ben Simmons is tied in with the Bradley Beal trade because if you're going to get Bradley Beal, if you're Philadelphia, Ben Simmons probably is going to be in that deal. So when you talk about both of their names being on this graphic, that is probably why. The name that came to shock me the most, Kyle Lowry. I know he has been on a one-year deal this year. I know the Raptors are scuffling a little bit, but they're starting to pick up the pace, starting to come into form a little bit. I don't think the Raptors are going to give up on him. He's given everything to that city. I don't think they would trade him during the season. I think if we see him on a different team, it's going to be either by free agency or an off-season trade. Now, plus 350 is obviously the, the – the most underdog on this list I mentioned tweeted out by Fluff Social Sportsbook. Him and Marvin Bagley, I mean, I could see Marvin Bagley be moved. They've had weird communication out in Sacramento about that, more so than Kyle Lowry. But 
Margaret Bagley and Zach Levine, I feel like are on the same page for me where I could see them getting moved, but I don't know what team would want them. One, well, I think Zach Levine has more suitors than Marvin Bagley. Sure, but I don't think the Bulls would move on from Zach Levine. I think they're in the same boat where they might get traded because the Kings want to move on from Marvin Bagley. The Bulls don't want to move on from Zach Levine, but there are plenty of teams that will overpay for Zach Levine. So more teams want Levine. The Kings want to get rid of Bagley. I feel like the odds of both of those happening are pretty similar as they are on the, the graphic here. Plus 225, plus 250 is the difference. I don't – maybe they get swapped for one another, get Fox a pairing out in Sacramento. I know Buddy Heald's out there, and I know Tyrese Halliburton's been okay. Who knows where Zach Levine's going to end up? I, I think the Bulls are best staying with him. It's your first year with Billy Donovan. You have money coming off the books in the offseason. I don't think he's going to get moved. Martin Bagley, on the other hand, I can see more so. It's just a matter of finding a suitor. He's kind of underperformed that third draft spot. He was took before Trey, well, Luka Doncic. Well, Trey Young, I guess, in that weird draft where Aiton went first. And then, no, it was Aiton, Bagley, Luka. So he was taken before Luka and Trey, pardon me. So he's obviously underperformed when you look at it that way. Plus 250, I don't, I don't like the odds of him getting traded because I don't know what team wants to take that on. Obviously, his dad has been a problem, uh, not as much as a problem as LeVar Ball, as I mentioned on Thursday or last Tuesday's show. Or, but Bagley, suitor-wise, I don't know who would take him. Levine has plenty of suitors. I don't think the Bulls would trade him. That's my thoughts on those two. Uh, mentioned Ben Simmons. Beal, those two would obviously be flipped for each other. But I think the two favorites here are Redick and Rose. The guy at the top of the list, Lonzo Ball at plus 150, the Bulls are interested. And I think the Bulls would be a great fit for Lonzo Ball. You get him in a, a bigger city. You get him in point guards under Billy Donovan flourish. Um, Kobe White has been pretty good this year. I think he could take a step back and be that six-man microwave role. You could go small. Uh, with Ball, Levine, and White on the floor all together because Ball can defend the small forward position if need be. He's a little versatile. He's got a good wingspan. Um, he plays D. He'll move the ball. He doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands. I think that's why he is a suitor uh, in Chicago. Chicago is a suitor, pardon me. Granted, I don't know what you're going to want to give up for him because he's on the last year of a deal. I don't know what that next contract's going to look like. I don't know why he's the favorite here. As I mentioned, I think Redick and Rose would be. But out of the, the eight names listed here, I think if I had to rank them, I'd see Redick and Rose getting moved. And then I would throw Bradley Beal at three, Ball at four, Simmons at five if Bradley Beal gets moved, Bagley six, Levine seven, and Lowry eight. That's That's where I feel personally. There's plenty of other names. I think if Andre Drummond was on here, I think he'd end up being top three getting traded because it sounds like it's inevitable now. Another name is P.J. Tucker. I wrote a piece on that the other day. There's plenty of suitors for a 3-and-D power forward that can muscle up and play the center position and also be a bigger small forward position. So there are plenty of suitors for that as well. If he was on here, he'd be top five as well. But, yeah, I mean, clear favorites, Redick and Rose. Keep an eye out for where Ball ends up. He ends up in Chicago. It's a good fit. I don't know. Trade deadline's approaching. There's a lot of there's a lot more trade buzz than there 
has been in the past. I feel like it's going to be interesting to see where Bradley Beal ends up. I think that's going to be uh, going to set the market for a guy like, obviously, Zach Levine if he ends up getting moved, or Ben Simmons if he gets moved from if he gets traded to the Wizards, the Wizards, or the 76ers. I think Beal's going to be a tone center. I just don't know if it's going to be during the trade deadline or in the offseason. That's something we'll see. But, hey, that was million-dollar moves for the day. A lot of names in, that are getting floated around in trade rumors. Thought I'd break them down. Redick, Rose, those are the two that are definitely getting moved. Ball, you want to keep your eye on if you're a Chicago fan. Next up for today, we've got the Tinder takes. We have had the, the swipe left segment for the teams, and we've got some younger studs and duds, if you wanted to call it. Obviously, studs and duds is after Tinder, but we have some younger studs and duds who I'm swiping right on, who I'm swiping left on. It's a younger batch today for the player side of things. End up with the Reddit question of the week. Before we get into Tinder players, a quick break. I've got nine players for the Tinder takes today. And the first two are guys I have been a little critical of, Anthony Edwards and RJ Barrett. In the past few weeks, I was I was calling Edwards a bust. I was worried about his potential in Minnesota. Barrett, I was worried about his efficiency. I was worried if he was going to fit in that new New York system with Tibbs there. I'm wrong, okay? Well, I this week I'm wrong. We'll see as the season progresses how this prediction ends up. I'm going to start off with R.J. Barrett. I'm going to swipe up. Heading into Chicago tonight, they lost, and he had a, a less than star game, 14.7 rebounds, three assists. But heading into that game tonight, Barrett's last 10 games, he was averaging 20 points a game, five rebounds, three assists on 51% shooting, 45% from three, and 83% from the free throw line. That's the one I'm most impressed by. College and his rookie season, if you look at the free throw percentage, it has not been great. 83%, starting to figure something out in his shot. You can see it, the point totals jumping, the three-point percentage is jumping. I've been critical, but it seems like he's starting to come into his own. When you're getting that many minutes by a guy like Thibodeau, as I mentioned, he's going to kill his young stars. You're going to get some growth out of the guy, and we're starting to see that growth that we've been hoping for for that Duke product. Him and Randall are still playing, as I said, a ridiculous amount of minutes, but if both continue to produce along quickly, you get in a guy like Derrick Rose that has been rumored to go there, as I mentioned. The Knicks could be a playoff team. I don't know if they're going to get out of the first round, but hey, it's an entertaining playoff team at the least. You have a young star in Barrett. You have a young star, or, or I wouldn't say a young star, a younger star in Julius Randle. Emmanuel quickly is a fun piece. You get a, a veteran guy that knows how to handle a locker room. Tibbs gets a shooter. At, Reggie Bullock has been okay from the wing. You get Obi Toppin to start producing like he was supposed to out of Dayton. They're going to be there these next few years. The Knicks are starting to do it the right way, and I'm excited for New York basketball, and I think that's the first time I've said that since Mello has been there. Next, I mentioned Anthony Edwards' last five games, 15 points on 31% shooting, little of a lesser game there, 25, per, 25 points on 47% shooting, 15 on 39% shooting, another lesser performance, but starting to show growth, 23 points on 60% shooting, 13 points tonight on 42% shooting. 
He's starting to find himself. He still has rookie lapses. He still is not the most efficient, 37% from the field. It's starting to climb, though. I, I was worried about him last few weeks. The efficiency did not look good. 37, it's a little less respectable, but it's starting to go up. And it seems that the Wolves are starting to move with Edwards' progression as well. They're starting to find better rotations. The games have been a little bit closer. Now they played the Cavs twice. I think that has something to do with it. But Carl Anthony Towns isn't, hasn't played in a while. He's been dealing with injury. Nas Reed has been a nice surprise off of the bench center-wise this year. He was good last year as well. They have a lot of young talent. It's just a matter of it coming together. Josh Okogie has been a little bit disappointing. Jared Culver has been a little bit disappointing. But Anthony Edwards starting to find himself. Malik Beasley is starting to play well. D'Angelo Russell is still a little shaky. He's very hit or very miss from night to night. If he can start to, to consistent that out, smooth that out, the Timberwolves have something for the next few years. Granted, I don't think them or the Knicks will be competing for a championship anytime soon. But when you look at Barrett, when you look at Edwards, both those two figuring it out, it's a good thing for both of their respective teams. It's a good thing for the NBA having two top five picks start to figure it out. You can start marketing around that big star and that big Madison Square Garden in New York, and you can start marketing that trio of Edwards, Russell, and Cat out in Minnesota. Next up. I mentioned it in the news dump. I know he's hurt, but I have to swipe left. Oh, sorry. I was swiping right on Aaron Anthony Edwards last time. I mentioned in the news, Aaron Gordon's out, but I have to swipe left on him for a couple of reasons. The move he pulled on Kyle Lowry, that was a crappy movement. It was dirty. Should have got a flagrant for it. And the last three games before he is hurt, maybe he's been dealing with this injury or uh, uh, battling some injury through these past three games. But eight, eight points a game on 30% shooting is not what we wanted to see. And obviously he's going to be hurt from four to six weeks now. But just looking at his production the past few games, when you don't have Fultz, when you don't have Isaac, you have to step up and he hasn't. Vukovic has. He, I, I would have had him as a possible trade candidate. Now I don't. You talk about an injury that, kind of tanks his value. We'll see what that ends up for the Magic. Uh, a big blow to the Magic, even though he hasn't been playing well. Um, but yeah, I'm swiping left because that move he pulled on Kyle Lowry on Sunday night was a tad bit dirty. From Orlando, we're going to go to Tampa, and we're going to go with the Toronto Raptors. Try to make that one make sense. But Pascal Siakam, over the last three games, is averaging 24 points a game on 51% shooting. Swiping right on that. I'm swiping right on that because he's been a big reason why Toronto has turned it around, and Toronto is starting to right the ship. They're just in that 8-12 to 12 playoff picture for the East, and I'm going to continue expecting them to go up. Boucher has kind of taken a, a little step back. What he was at was a, a monumental start to a, a, a season that many were trying to peg what he would be with that Raptors team. He's starting to slow down a little bit, and as he's slowing down, Siakam has picked it up. Now, I'm still worried about Siakam's percentage from three. In that three games that he has averaged 24 points a game, he's only shooting 14% from three. Now, he's not taking a bunch of attempts, but that still worries me that he's not hitting on him as effectively. But a big reason that Toronto's performing nonetheless. Siakam, you get a swipe right this week. Lou Dort. I was high on him last Tuesday. I was high on him because he's a nice piece in Oklahoma City. I still think he's a nice piece on Oklahoma City. I also think I'm a little bit of a hex. 
last four before tonight, he's averaged nine points on 29% shooting. Tonight, he had seven points on 25% shooting. He was a minus 19 and a plus minus, shooting 22% from three in the past four games as well, heading into tonight. He did make a big play against Damian Lillard, though, to win on last Monday. Locked him up. That's what he's out there for. He's clearly out there for his defensive skill. He's out there to be a 3 and D from the wing. He's starting to progress, as I said, with Edwards, as I said with Barrett. When you're a young player in today's NBA, you're going to fluctuate efficiency-wise. Dort, he's supposed to be this 3 and D player. I, he's getting opportunities from three. He's getting volume. It's just a matter of starting to click and connecting on that volume. And I just haven't seen it yet. I uh, This week, I'll say, he, he has – he talk about another hit-or-miss guy. He is a very streaky shooter. If he can just smoothen that out a little bit, be around that 35 to 38% shooter and play all NBA, second-team defense, first-team defense, if he starts to – coming to his own these next few years playing alongside Shea. I like what Oklahoma City's got in him, but for just this week, I have to swipe left. He's struggling, and he's been a big reason why Oklahoma City's starting to struggle as well. That shooting is starting to go. Michael Bridges. Fun stat about Michael Bridges. Before tonight's game against Dallas, one guarding Luka Doncic this year. Donkic has 12 points. He's turned the ball over three times. He's been blocked once. He's 5 of 13 from the field. That was before tonight. I, I don't know the stats on the bridges Donkic matchup tonight, but he is a big part of the Suns' success. Before tonight's game where he struggled a little bit offensively, he's been averaging 16.6 points per game on 53% shooting over his last nine games. Booker has been out with a concussion, and Bridges has stepped into that role nicely. He's starting to pick up offensively, and I have to say, he is a big part of why we've seen Phoenix in the spot they have this year. He's a black hole on defense. He locks down opponents' wings. I like him. I liked him out of, I think it was Villanova. Yeah, the other other Bridges was Michigan State and Charlotte. Michael Bridges, I liked him out of Villanova. Starting to play good D against some of the league's greatest, as I said, with Donkic. Swiping right on him. It's a well-deserved swipe right for Mike Al Bridges. Next. Quick one here. Jakob Poidel. He's not going to fill up a stat sheet. He's not going to play more than 25 minutes a game. And he's not going to put up 10 points a game. That's just not his game. But you know what he does? He plays D, and he plays elite-level defense at the rim. He leads the league in defensive field goal percentage at 38.2%. So only opposing players when matched up with Poitel are shooting 38% from the field first in the NBA. Had to give a quick shout out for what felt like a throw in in the Kawhi Leonard deal with the Spurs and Raptors. Next, Dylan Brooks. Quick shout out to Desmond Bain before I get into Dylan Brooks. Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain is outplaying him. He is leading the league in three-point percentage. That is right, leading the league in three-point percentage at 52% heading into their game against the Spurs tonight. And he is just flat out outplayed Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, it's not your first time on the swipe left. It's not your first time that's getting the hate from me. You are 13 points tonight on 33% shooting. PU, you're an efficient. You talk about streaky shooters. You play no D. I, out of Oregon, I thought you were an interesting prospect. Turns out you don't like defense. You're an inefficient shooter. I'm swiping left, man. Get out of my face. Get Desmond Bain more minutes in Memphis, please. 
Lastly, ninth player, the perennial always getting love will always get a swipe right or swipe up for me because he was my MVP pick in the million dollar moves the first week of this show. Nikola Jokic, you get a swipe right to close out the Tinder takes for the players. You have 20 games and 20 double doubles. That is absolutely insanity to me. You had 47 on Sunday. You snapped the Utah Jazz's win streak. Why we haven't talked about the Utah Jazz yet? Because you did it. You took it to Rudy Gobert and them stinky Utah Jazz players with a big win on Sunday. You were supposed to have another big game tonight against a weak Detroit team. Get to pad some stats. Obviously, COVID restrictions, safety protocols. Hey, it happens. I'm glad you guys didn't play because I need more of you on my screen. You get my swipe right to close out Tinder takes this week. Just to recap, RJ Barrett, you get a swipe up. Anthony Edwards, you get a swipe right. I've been critical of both of you. You're both starting to show strides. The league needs you to show strides, and I'm excited to see what both of you have entail for both of your respective teams. Aaron Gordon, I know you're hurt. You did a dirty move to Kyle Lauer, and you were struggling before you got hurt. Maybe it was an injury thing. I don't know, but you still get a swipe left. Crappy move on Lowry. Pascal Siakam, been a big reason why Toronto is starting to turn it around. Swipe it right. Lou Dort, feel like a hex. I was high on you last week. Had a little rougher of a week this week. Played good Deion Dame, though. But, hey, when you're averaging nine points a game on 29% shooting, 22% from three, that's not going to do it, bud. Swipe left. Michael Bridges starting to play D, starting to play elite level D against elite level NBA talent. You get a swipe right. Big reason for the Sun's success. Jakob Poitel, man, you want to talk about Rudy Gobert, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, Jaron Jackson Jr. I know he's been hurt. And you're like, okay, who's leading the league in opponent field goal percentage, defensive field goal percentage? Oh, yeah, that's right. The big man out in San Antonio, Jakob Poitel. You're not going to fill a stat sheet, but you get my swipe right because, man, you are starting to. D up and D up smoothly. I like it. Keep doing you out in San Antonio. Desmond Blaine, Desmond Bain, he gets my honorary swipe right. I didn't mention him. Leading the league in three-point percentage at 52%. And his Memphis Grizzly counterpart, Dylan Brooks, really inefficient, really doesn't play a lot of defense. You get a swipe left. Rounding out the perennial swipe right pick of the week. He will always be in the list just because he was my MVP pick, whether it's right or up. Nikola Jokic, 20 games, 20 20 double-doubles, all you need to know about that. If you don't like what I had, if you want to get a Tinder take on a player you want to hear for, please DM me, tweet at me, message me on Reddit, Facebook, wherever you found the link, Twitter, at nothing but airtime. As I said, Facebook and Reddit, you might find the link. Let me know your thoughts on this week's edition of Tinder Takes for the Players. Next up, Tinder Takes for the Team, and it is a hate fest. One team gets a lot of love, the rest get a lot of hate. I hope you're ready for it. I have six teams for you today for the Tinder takes four teams. I could throw Miami on there for a swipe left. I'm just going to rag on them right now. Jimmy Butler's back. You were my hope to bring this team out of the cellar, and you guys lost to Charlotte tonight. LaMelo Ball took it to you in his first start. I'm just going to throw you out. You don't deserve it. I I was high on you. I thought Butler would come back. I thought Hero would come back and all would be good in the world. Nope. Lost to Charlotte. We'll see if you guys can rebound, but you guys are falling out of the playoff picture and fast. So that's just starting off the Tinder takes. The first two teams in the Tinder takes did a very interesting deal. 
And I'm going to start off with the team that traded their superstar. Since the James Harden trade, the Rockets are 7-3 and three and have the best defensive rating in the NBA. Tonight they had a team record and three-pointers. The wow era is here, and it is a lot of fun. And when I say wow, I'm talking about the wall, Oladipo, and Christian Wood. And mind you, Christian Wood should be an all-star. He's got my vote for a forward position in the Western Conference. It's a lot of fun. And I, I truly believe Harden was a cancer. Not only was he a cancer in the locker room, I think he was a cancer on the court. You talk about all the iso isolation-style heavy play that he took, and you had all those spot-up three-point shooters, if you want to call them, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Ben McLemore, in that system. Now you get him out of there, and I like the Rockets. They're a really fun team to watch. You know, John Wall can penetrate. He was hitting threes tonight. Victor Oladipo is another good penetration option. He can also spread the floor if need be. Christian Wood, he's a good pick-and-pop option with either Wall or Oladipo. He's shown he can get to the rack efficiently as well. Eric Gordon's a silent killer with 20 tonight against Oklahoma City. You know, you look at up and down this roster, it's probably not going to win a championship, but it has the makings for a really, really fun roster, and I really enjoy Silas. I think Silas is a really good coach. You want to look at why I think he's a really good coach? They're bottom 10 in first quarter points allowed this year, but they're top six in fourth quarter points allowed, so they give up the – they're bottom 10 and giving up the most points in the first quarter, but then they give up the fewest points in the fourth quarter. They're top six in that. Shows that he can make in-game adjustments. Shows that he can work with the roster that is made in front of him. Jay Sean Tate's versatile. Mason Jones is versatile. Sterling Brown is versatile. John Wall is there. Victor Oladipo. Eric Gordon can play defense. P.J. Tucker is there. DeMarcus Cousins. You have a lot of playable pieces, and when you look at from a game-to-game basis, Silas just kind of pulls the right pieces, plays them in the right lineups. When one guy's struggling, okay, Gordon's struggling. We're going to throw Tate out there. Oh, we're going to throw Daniel House out there. He's making the right, right adjustments. He's pulling the right strings from game-to-game, as we see from the discrepancy in first-quarter points allowed to fourth-quarter points allowed, showing he can make those in-game adjustments, showing that he can coach at an elite level. Many thought he could, and he's doing the damn thing. So shout-outs. Silas out in Houston, swiping up on your Rockets. A lot of fun. Head out east where the Brooklyn Nets, as I said, keep letting up points. Since the James Harden trade, they are 6-3. and three. That is not why I'm swiping left on them. I'm swiping left on them because they have the worst defensive rating. They have, in the last three, given up the most points in the paint allowed per game. That's not a recipe for success. They have given up 115 points. Eight of nine games that the trio has been there. The Wizards beat you. How can I swipe right on that? I know you beat the Bucs. I know you're going to put up 120 points a game, but come playoff time, how are you going to stop the Embiid's of the world, the Siakam's of the world, the Sabonis's of the world? Dude, you're giving up 140 points to the Washington Wizards. Russell Westbrook towards you. Now I get it. Revenge game. Good for Russell Westbrook. We'll get into that studs and duds here shortly. But 115 points, eight out of the nine games the trio has been there is not something you should be proud of if you're Brooklyn. You have given up the most points in the paint allowed per game over the last few games. Upcoming, you have the Clippers on Tuesday night. So 
tonight for those of you listening on Tuesday, the Raptors on Friday night, and the 76ers on Saturday night. So we're going to find out, and we're going to find out fast if this Nets team is for real or not. Come next Tuesday, we'll come in with a fully clean slate of the Nets. I'll have my prediction on what they were going to do in the playoffs. I'll have my prediction on what their seating will be. Because I think when you play against that ringer of Clippers, Raptors, 76ers, I know the Raptors have been successful with Clippers and 76ers, top of their respective conferences, top three. I don't know where the Clippers are at right now. I think they're number one. The Jazz and Lakers have been both hot. But Clippers are obviously unquestionably one of the better teams in the West. 76ers, best team in the East right now. Raptors, one of the hotter teams in the Eastern Conference right now. We're going to know. We're going to know if you guys are frauds. We're going to know if that offense is going to be able to compensate for that atrocious defense that we've seen. We're going to know, and we're going to know fast. Swipe left. Talking about Westbrook, Harden, Durant, I'm going to go to their former team. Oklahoma City, you've been fun. You compete every night. You got blown out by the Rockets tonight. Just, you talk about looking at team that's won six in a row in Houston. You were just one, you, you hit a buzzsaw. But what I'm worried about, young team, we'll get to studs and does, but Poku looks unplayable at times. Your bottom five in fourth quarter points allowed this season. Your bottom five in de- defensive efficiency in your last 10 games. That's not a recipe for a, a, a good rebuilding team. Horford's been hurt a little bit, battled. I believe it was COVID or an injury. I'm not 100% sure, but he has been, he has been out. Now, obviously, that's going to contribute to a defensive efficiency downtick. It's going to contribute to a downtick in fourth quarter points allowed when you don't have veteran presence. It's going to get a downtick in Poku's numbers, as I mentioned, because more more opportunity for him. Defenses are more focused in on him because Horford is not playing. But I'm worried. I'm worried because, you, as I said, defensive efficiency is not there, and you're giving up fourth quarter points in a lot of them. Five out of seven you've lost. Obviously, this is what you're expecting. You're a rebuilding team. Shea looks like it's going to be a cornerstone. But Lou Dort, it's been really streaky. You want him to smooth that out in the future. Talk about a guy like Hamidou Dialu. He's been a little streaky. George Hill has battled injury. Who knows what Oklahoma City's future holds? They have a lot of first-round picks in the upcoming drafts. But the early returns of this young bunch this season, they need to take a step. You talk about losing five out of seven. They were in that 8-12 to 12 seed range. They're starting to fall out of that a little bit, starting to come down to earth. We'll see what happens in the next few games. But I'm swiping left on Oklahoma City. The defense isn't there, and and that's that's a big thing I look at when I'm doing these tinder takes in my – like you see Nets, defensive woes. Rockets, defense best defensive rating in the NBA since getting hardened. Oklahoma City, bottom five in defensive efficiency in last 10. It's 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 kind of a recipe of what I'm looking for when I peek behind the curtain of how I determine what I'm swiping on. And I don't like teams that don't play defense because that's not a recipe for success. And I'm talking about teams that don't play defense. The Dallas Mavericks defensively are just middling. They're very average, and they're getting another swipe left. So Nets, Thunder, now the Mavericks all swipe left. They've lost six in a row. They're ranked 30. 
30th, last in three-point percentage. Probably could use Seth Curry. I don't know what that Seth Curry for Josh Richardson trade. Really not starting to pan out for Dallas here. Over the last three heading into the Phoenix game, teams have lit up Phoenix from th- – or not Phoenix, Dallas from three. 42% from beyond the arc in that span of three games, the three losses they had there. Porzingis got back. He's not healthy. It seems like he's not stepping in well. Only 25% from three, less than 40% from the field, I believe, in that span. And when you talk, it's a lot on Lucas' shoulders. They they feel like they don't have – I don't know what they – a wing would help preferably. I don't I don't know what wing we're looking at. A PJ Tucker would would do wonders for that team. You want to talk about a JJ Redick, a, a proven three-point commodity to step into a team that is ranked dead last in that. They need a lot of help and they need a lot of help fast because six losses in a row this 20 games into the season, we're about what a third of the way, a fourth of the way into the season for some. Losing six is not a good recipe for any team. Doing it this early, they got to rebound it and they got to rebound fast, or we will not see Luka Magic come playoff time. I'm swiping left on them. Another left swipe. We're going to head north. We're going to go to another left swipe. So this is our fourth left swipe today, and that is the Chicago Bulls. Granted, they won tonight against New York, eight-point eight victory. They lost three heading into it. I don't know how you lose to Portland in the way that you did. You're top 10 in points per game. That's awesome. You have a bona fide superstar, Zach Levine. Kobe White looks like he's a lot of fun. You got a lot of guys coming off coming off contract, I guess you could say. I think Otto Porter has a an option. Lori Markinen coming off deal. Wendell Carter is not very good. Top 10 in points per game, though. You score a lot of points. Bottom five in opponents points per game. That's not good. Teams are almost shooting 50% from them versus them in their last three games. That's just bad defense. Now, I know it's been Los Angeles, Boston, and Portland, but that's the barometer. If you want to compare yourself, if you're a young team and want to see where you stack up, you can't be giving up 50% shooting against that last three heading into the New York game, obviously. I don't know what the stats were there were, but Lakers torched you, Boston torched you, Portland torched you. Can't have that. You're trying to stack up against some of the best teams in the NBA. On top of the bad defense, you turn the ball over the most. You're most in turnovers in the NBA. Not good. You are putting more pressure on the defense to get back. They give up a lot of turnover points off of turnovers per game. Bottom 10 in that. Not good if you're a Chicago Bulls fan. That is something you don't want to see. They play an entertaining brand of basketball, much like the Nets do, score a lot of points, will give up a lot of points. Overs, that's a that's a simple million-dollar move every game they play. You take the over, more, more than likely that's going to happen. It won't, but I'm swiping left on you. As I said, with the Thunder and the Nets, defense, not good. Turnovers, not good. And when you talk about a defense that's already not good, you can't be turning the ball over most in the NBA, putting more pressure on that defense. So, yeah, swiping left on the Bulls, and it's a hard left. Granted, they won tonight. Lastly is the team I'm most excited to talk about. I live in Milwaukee. I love Giannis. I like watching the Bucs, but, man, are they frustrating. They had a big win tonight against a wounded Portland team. They did what they were supposed to. But heading into that game tonight, they had lost four out of six. The Hornets and the Pelicans beat them. Their defense, 
not as good as advertising. 110 points put up on them in the last five out of six. Portland put up another 100 and 100 plus tonight. They have fallen into the bottom 10 of points per game allowed. Giannis still doesn't have that skill set to become a closer. He's not going to get the big shot at the end of the games. We saw that with Middleton against the Nets. And add in that teams are absolutely torching you from the three-point line. You have given up the, one of the fewest amount of points in the paint. Obviously, that's a easy stat to look at when you have Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo. But when you are getting in the bottom three of opponent points from beyond the arc in the NBA, that's not a recipe for success. Three points – Three-pointers are how what this league is heading to. And when you look at guard defense, you're supposed to have an elite guard defensive pairing of Drew Holiday and Dante DiVincenzo. So giving up these threes and teams hitting on them as efficiently as they have, not good for a Milwaukee team that prides himself on defense. Little worried about them heading into the future. I'm swiping left. The defense, not nearly as good as advertised when you talk about a team that has Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez. Swipe left. Rounding out the Tinder takes for the teams. The Miami Heat, I could rag on them all I want. You and I both know they have taken a major, major step back for this year. They get a swipe left. The Rockets, six in a row. Silas is an awesome coach. Team record in threes tonight. I'm excited to watch you every time you're on my screen. You are a league pass team. You are just uh, a ball of enjoyment now that Harden is gone. You get my swipe up. The Nets, defense, get it out of my face. You guys don't play defense in the paint. You're giving up 115 points per game the last few. Swipe left, get out of my face. The Oklahoma City Thunder, it's been fun. You're back to the rebuilding team that you are, a bad rebuilding team at that. Lost five out of seven. Bottom five in defensive efficiency in that span as well. Not what we want to see. Mavericks, six losses in a row after the loss to Phoenix tonight ranked last in three-point percentage. They desperately need a shot of adrenaline here. Maybe J.J. Redick gives you that. I don't know, but whatever it is, I'm swiping left on you because it is miserable and it is not a fun sight in Dallas right now. Chicago, big win tonight against the Knicks. Knicks have been a scrappy bunch, a lot of fun to watch, but you lost three heading into it. You have the most turnovers per game, and you are bottom five in opponents' points per game. Teams, the last three games heading into that Knicks game, Lakers, Boston, and Portland – Torched you. That's the barometer. And you guys did not live up to it. Swipe left. And the box. The box, the box, the box. I like you. I'm a, I live in Milwaukee now. I would love nothing more than to see Milwaukee and Giannis take home the ship tonight this year. It doesn't feel like it's going to happen. The defense is nowhere near as good as advertised. Giannis has not developed the skill set that is needed to become that elite level superstar in the NBA. We've seen it with LeBron. He needs to have a go-to move. I don't see it with Giannis yet. Middleton's still getting clutch shots at the time of it. The Bucks get a swipe left as well. And I, I know I've been ragging on Giannis. I know he's probably an MVP candidate this year. But when you talk about nitpicking the teams at the top, that is a big nitpick that NBA analysts and fans look at. And that's why I'm swiping left on them. The defense and Giannis just not having that Closer mentality. I would guess, I would say is a closer mentality, but missing free throws at the end of games and not getting the ball when it comes down to crunch time. Not something you want to see out of your superstar that is getting the most lucrative deal in NBA history. So, yes, I'm swiping left on the Bucks. After the break, quick round of studs and duds, and then some beating the buzzer and Reddit question of the week.
closing out the show here, we have studs and duds, and then we'll get into beating the buzzer here. Looking at the studs, looking at the good performances of the past week here. Russell Westbrook, I I can't say enough about that performance he had on Sunday. Took it to his former teammates, James Harden, Kevin Durant, 41 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. What a night for Russ getting back, throwing it back to his MVP stage of his career. We'll see if he can replicate that for a struggling Washington team. LaMelo Ball. Spoke on it. They beat the Bucs on Saturday. He took it to them. 27 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists. Get a shout-out there. Good stud performance this week. Jimmy G buckets. The G stands for gets. He came back on Saturday. He had 30 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. Heat won that game, but they lost tonight against Charlotte. Still a little worried about that team, but if Butler's going to put up those numbers, they might will be in good hands. Spoke on the Joker, Darren Tinder takes. Have to shout out the performance on Sunday once more. 47 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Hell of a game from him. Emmanuel quickly. R.J. Barrett. Julius Randle played the Clippers on Sunday. They combined for 75 points in a losing effort. But that's exactly what you want to see out of a young trio. Knicks are in good hands if those three can perform like that. Tonight, Monday night, De'Aaron Fox, 38 points. Big game against New Orleans. Big W against New Orleans. And we close out the good performances this week, the studs of the week. Chris Paul has been on an absolute terror. He's getting another honorary swipe right for Tinder Takes, looking at some of the stats he had put up this week. Tonight, Monday night, big game against Dallas, 34 points, 9 assists, 8 rebounds. That's exactly what you're overpaying giving up those draft picks for if you're Phoenix. Awesome sight to see. Duds. Duds have turned into a little bit more of cold shooting performances. And no one has been colder than Poku in Oklahoma City. Five for 27 from three in the last two weeks. Heading into tonight where he was 0 of 3. So now he is up to five for 30. He got drafted to stretch the floor as a big man. And he has not done that. Five for 30 in the last couple weeks. Not what you want to see from the young man. Struggling mightily. P.J. Tucker spoke on him during the trade rumors. He Before tonight where he was two for four from three, he was shooting 25% from three-point range while Houston was on their win streak. Possibly a buy-low candidate with one year left on his deal. We'll see where he goes. I know three-point shooting is technically not his style, but he's still a stretcher of the floor, and he has not done so effectively making him that buy-low candidate I have mentioned. Closing out the cold shooters, the duds, KCP. Now, I know he was 3 of 6 tonight, but before that, last five games, he was 7 of 10 in Milwaukee. After that, 3 of 16 in the next five. Not what you want to see out of a guy that you gave three years, $40 million to play that floor spacer alongside of LeBron. Studs, Russ, Joker, LaMelo, Jimmy G Buckets, quickly Barrett Randall. Fox, CP3, Duds, KCP, Poku, PJ Tucker. Lot to digest there. All you have to know is Russell Monster Sunday night, Joker Monster Sunday night. LaMelo's starting to come into his own. Jimmy G Buckets is back, and Emmanuel quickly Barrett and RJ Randall, or RJ Randall, RJ Barrett and Julius Randall are going to be a problem and problems for years. Into beating the buzzer now. We've got two minutes on the clock. 
the Royal Rumble was exciting. I spoke on it at the beginning of the show. Edge won at age 47. He was the number one entrant. Didn't know if he would make it all the way. I was talking with Peyton, the guy that we had on on Thursday, through it. He did a great job of live tweeting it. He was doing a great job of breaking it down for me when I was asking him questions. And we were both ecstatic when Edge won. We were both ecstatic when Bianca Belair done. Well done, WWE. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns was an absolute delight. I had a great time watching that event on Sunday night. Special edition of Tuesday Tunes this week. We're keeping it country. That graphic will come out on Twitter at nothing but airtime, and you can check that playlist out on Spotify. We don't have a listener question of the week. We'll save that for Thursday's show where we will get into some TV show treasures and motion picture minute. We just have the Reddit question of the week and the Reddit question of the week, and I will tweet this one out as well. What old video games do you still play regularly? The game I could not stop playing freshman, sophomore, junior year, we had a Nintendo GameCube. We had Mario Super Strikers, the soccer game, a very arcadey soccer game, if I may add. Very fun game, Super Goals. I know it got remade into the Wii game. I have not gotten my hands on that one, but Mario Super Strikers on the Nintendo GameCube was one I always liked playing. Mario Kart on the Wii is obviously a classic. Obviously, we play that one regularly when you have people over. It's a fun game, no doubt about it. The Simpsons hit and run. I was lucky enough to get an emulator on my laptop. Fun game as well in there. You talk about open world and the Simpsons. Just an absolute clash that I would never expect, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. Lastly, NBA Street is another one. I'm hoping they remake it for the PlayStation 3 or PlayStation 4, excuse me. Fan made a dope gameplay trailer for a possible remake. Go check that out. It's on our Twitter. And that rounds out the show for us. So quick plugs. If you want to tweet at us at nothing but airtime, N-O-T-H-I-N-B-T-A-I-R-T-I-M-E. What old video games you still play regularly, your thoughts on the Royal Rumble, some Tuesday tunes that you want to shout out, any studs and duds you saw, any Tinder takes you want to get off your chest, all of it, please let us know on our Twitter. More than welcome to get in a basketball, almost anything discussion with you. We're a basketball-ish podcast, as it says in our Twitter bio, and I pride myself on that. Just an overall entertaining experience, I hope, for all of you. It is for me giving you the chance to, to, to talk NBA with me and giving me the chance to talk NBA to you guys as well. As I said, ends the show today. I hope you all have a great Tuesday. <laughs>